Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing very well. Mm, you know. And... Um, about to I, I know you guys are not going to hear this for a little bit but we're already deep into january of 2020 almost about to in other words <laughs> like I t even the latest people have finally taken down their christmas and holiday things and stuff like that and um it's and you know everybody always asks me about the weather here and it's like believe it or not yesterday here in miami and south florida it went into the low 40s high 30s you know, where we live out, it's agricultural. So for some reason, we always, it feels cooler out here. Okay, so of course, we're like, oh my God, it's it's Antarctica. You know, because we're such wimps out here, cold weather wimps. Uh, and of course, we had the fireplace going, which, you know, I have a real fireplace, but yeah. And um, I had to bring in a lot of my animals off the porch, you know, the birds and um, even some of my uh my chickens that the, the my frizzies that are more like the, the they're health they're healthy but you know you gotta be real careful with them with the um with the te with the temperature and around here sometimes we get these big gusts of wind so yeah in other words I have some of them still in here so you know I usually have some weird animal noises but if you hear them closer than usual it's because they're over there on the other side of this door in the living room because. Even though the, the temperatures are going to go down a little bit tonight, not as much, but they're still too cool. And like I was saying, we we get these drafts coming in and, um, you know, birds and, you know, avian, they're kind of susceptible to that. I work, besides loving my animals, I, I work really hard with them and I'm not going to lose them. There's, there's some stuff they'll tolerate, but that's not one of them. But anyway, guys, let's get to the good stuff. All right. And you know that the good stuff has to do with who my guest is. And I know you guys are going to be just excited as I am. Okay. This is a gentleman by the name of Dean McMurray. Now, Dean is also known as a military medium. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's a native of northern Minnesota. He's a 24-year Army veteran. 
Okay, he lives now in North Dakota with his wife and his two children. Now, you know, we're going to ask him about this, but he, he was not always aware of his abilities to communicate with spirits. All right, and it wasn't until after his deployment, but I'm not going to get too much into that because I want to ask, want him to tell us about that. And he's he's a spiritual medium, and you and you know, you guys have I've said it before. There's a difference between a psychic and a medium. You could be a psychic and not necessarily be a medium. All right, so that's and I always point that out. You know, depending on who my guest is. Now, um, and of course, being a medium, what you do is you contact loved ones, angels, spirit guides. Uh, by connecting, you know, from the earth plane to the spirit realm and the souls, uh, you know, they, they t uh, communicate telepathically through feelings and pictures. In other words, sometimes it's not per se words, you know, even though every person communicates differently and, um, and he's also a clairvoyant. All right. So he sees visions of people, places, things of the past, present and future. And he's also clairsentient so he can also receive psychic senses including smell taste and touch all right and he's an empath okay which is he can feel the sensations of the physical and emotional states of being which we got to ask him about that because I'm, I'm sure that he's he must have a lot of boundaries set up because I imagine if not he'll just get streamrolled with with that um so let's let's get to it and um uh you know, we're going to ask him about exactly how he realized that he had this ability. So how are you today, Dean? I'm great, Marlene. Thanks for having me on today. No, on the contrary, it is my pleasure. And I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests. How Absolutely. did you discover, first of all, that you had these abilities? Childhood, sure. adult, what happened? Well, you know, um, you talked about a little bit reading the bio coming in is, um, you know, going back uh, almost 10 years now that, um, you know, I returned from uh, my last deployment with the military okay. and I came home and quite honestly, I call it just all holy hell started breaking loose in my home at the time. And what I mean by that is it, a lot of paranormal activity started happening, meaning Clocks and pictures started flying out the wall, Brilliant. and I and for a guy that wasn't open to spirit and a guy that wasn't open to the metaphysical or you know uh, spiritual nature of things, um, it was pretty unsettling at the time because it was something obviously as you and your listeners know that you know you can't quite always put logic to what happens in the spiritual state of things, right? Right. And right. So, <laughs> so I wanted answers and I was quite beside myself and I knew that my wife had been seeing a local psychic here in the area. And I was jokingly referring to her as the voodoo chick. That was my name. <laughs> you, you and this voodoo chick. That's what I was. Used. And, um, and, and of course, what are the first words out of my mouth when all this craziness happens? Get the voodoo chick on the phone. I want some <laughs> because it was, you know, yeah. you know, it's kind of funny because I found myself. I, I was like, oh, maybe it was a little bit of karma. Like, hey, you called it, you know, this lady. But at the same time, I didn't know, you know, anybody that did that. And so I thought she came in and just made it all go away. I didn't know 
what somebody does in the situation. Um, are you still there? Did we yes. lose our connection? No, I'm, I'm here. Okay, so, all right. Okay. And um, so with that, she came over and proceeded to tell me that my grandfather was there and everything, and I just wasn't in a space of, of listening to, um, you know, or receiving that, you know, message in a sense. So um, I, I kind of shut down in a sense because I thought, you know, my preconceived notion was, that she was going to, you know, make all the craziness stop. And that's what she wasn't there to do that day. Basically, she left and nothing changed. It really only got louder for me, in a sense, is meaning the activity in the home started picking up. So, you're, and, in, in other words, you were thinking, you, you, you didn't think it really had to do with you specifically. It, you were just in a household that this was happening? Yeah, and it wasn't, okay. ha and I didn't notice it prior. Like, okay. we had lived there many years prior to okay. the deployment. So it wasn't like it's like we moved in and all this stuff happened. Okay. It, I got back from deployment and, you know, this activity started. So okay. I thought it was something that somebody could just stop. And so a um, couple weeks go by. And like I, like I shared earlier, as the activity p increased, right. and it, one evening I was uh, washing dishes, of all things, actually baby bottles, and uh, my son was uh, infant at the time, and it was around midnight, and I knew that my, grand, my deceased grandmother was behind me. Now, of course, as you can... Assume, you know, understand is that I was like, how the heck do I know this is grandma? Right. And it was like, holy crap, like, how do I, how do I know this? Yes. Well, and yeah, it was that, and, and, but I just got this knowing that washed over me. It's like, well, it's grandma. She's not here to hurt you, you know, and it's like, and I was thinking, oh my God, Dean, you're going crazy. You're going to end up in the psych ward. You're going to end up on meds, you know? And this was and, like, no noise. This was just a knowing. Was it was just a knowing. That was it. And um, I went to bed and knowing that my grandmother was there, thinking that I was going crazy. And I think it's a normal progression if you know somebody's there in spirit that is a loved one that you just, hey, you want to talk to them. Right. And so, of course, it's like, hey, grandma, how you doing? Love you, miss you, all that great stuff. And I'm laying there in bed going, you know what, Dean, this is all this. This is this BS. You're making it up. Um, if she's really here, she would she would prove it. And immediately, as those words left my head, um, she changed the room absolutely to ice cold. Right, the temperature, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like you got my attention. And um, so I laying there trying to figure out what that meant and trying to put logic to it, and then. It was like my ego kicked back up again and said, you know what, it's probably off peak power. It could be the wife, the wife has the window open. Right. If she's really here, why don't you just touch me? And, of course, again, as those thoughts left my head, and it was immediate yet germ firm pressure that started at the top of my head and went down all the way to my feet and pushed me right into the mattress and where I could feel myself, you know, being – uh, you know, compressed, if you will, into the mattress itself. Yeah, that's like difficult to discount that. 
Right. So it's like, you know, by this point, if she didn't have my attention, you know, you can imagine that I was like, holy bleep, 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 like what is going on? Right. And of course, it was um, about that time that I said, you know, love you, grandma, you got to go like you're freaking me out. And and as soon as I said that it was gone, it was like it never happened. But I'm sitting up in bed out of breath and covered in sweat. And so really that event, Marlene, in a nutshell, that event for me was my awakening. And I went on a journey from that, you know, starting that day, um, trying to figure out what that meant. Because, you know, obviously you can't put any logic to that. It's like, you know, what did I experience? Uh, What was that? And of course, there's a big part of me that goes, well, it's grandma. And it's like, but Grandma died back in in the eighties. Like, I was going to ask gra- you, had she was she recently deceased, or it had been a while? Yeah, so her? no, she what she passed. You know, when I was uh, younger and back in the eighties, and okay. so I had been a number of years, and it was like, holy cow! It's like so your your mind is in that you know almost okay. exploding, going trying to figure all this out. What you know, you're going from zero to a hundred and just a short, you know, time, span of time. And one of the things was, is that, um, you know, I kind of went back to that voodoo chick again. And okay. she ended up, I was like, I, I need to figure this out. And what does this mean for Dean? And she goes, you know what, you're, you're a medium. That's what it means. And I was like, uh, don't want to be a medium, didn't ask to be a medium. She was like, that's not the way it works, Dean. And I was like, you know, why... I basically, I, I had some not nice words for her because I was like almost kind of mad at her because, you know, the, right. and it wasn't like she made me a medium, but I was like, why is this crap happening now? And, you know, and it's like, why in life and all this? And she said, well, you need to figure out what this means for Dean. And she said, but let's start with, let's just do a fun little exercise and do a test reading. And she said, I'm going to write some names down. And she said, I don't want any pressure. She said, let's just see what comes to you. And at that point, I hadn't done any readings. I hadn't received any messages. And I ended up connecting to her husband's deceased mother. Um, and I didn't know um, her husband at all or their family. I didn't know anything. And, um, you know, and she showed me, de- you know, evidential uh, images and details that um, were very specific for them. And uh, she said, well, it was really good. But she said, you need to learn how to control it because it was like drinking from a fire hydrant, so to speak, okay. at times. And then other times it would dry up and right. I didn't know how to control it. And so I ended up taking a course of mediumship and learning how to how it worked for me. Uh, okay. you, you touched on it really eloquently. I, I love it. You talked about how you know, medium or uh, mediums interpret um, things from spirit differently, right? So each right. medium works um, in their own way, so to speak. Right. And so I kind of had to learn uh, almost like how to read Braille in a sense, and that's the analogy that I use, um, and how the universe was communicating to me and what certain things meant, um, and when they would show me something, if it meant, uh, like, for example, when I see an American flag during um, 
readings um, okay. is it means that there's a veteran connection. Okay. So say if there's a male that steps forward on a, you know the mom's side of the family or dad's side of the family right. and I see flag, then it means hey there's a veteran. So um, so one example of that. But so I there was a there was a whole learning process and really after taking um, you know classes and and learning about that. I really went on just practicing for really a year and just giving readings and, and working on, on my craft, if you will. Right. And, um, you know, not charging anything because really, honestly, Marlene, it was Dean the soldier by day and Dean the medium by night. And, you know, you start with family and friends, right. give readings. And then next thing you know, my phone, we were just talking about cell phones, right? And, and, right. um, in those days, it was like, next thing you know, my cell phone was ringing off the hook and going, you know, who is this? And they're like, oh, you don't know me. I'm a friend of a friend of a friend. Right. And so, you know, that, that word of mouth was spreading. And I was like, and I was getting close to retirement. And I knew that, um, you know, it was like, boy, this is bigger than what I'm thinking it is. And, right. and I made the joke early on in my development saying, what am I going to be doing? Giving readings in my basement. And, you know, I'm sure somebody in the universe was going, uh, yeah, yeah, you will. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and in boats and in planes and in Ubers and wherever, you know, wherever it, it, you're guided to, to serve. So, um, you know, the thing is, is that, um, it's interesting. Um, you know, every day is different. There's no, two days the same doing this kind of work so it was uh so i've been retired now for for uh, about six years okay and doing this work full time ever since so since i left or retired from the military so mm -hmm. let me ask you looking back now in hindsight yes. real, did you see stuff that now you recognize this is this you know maybe before i thought it was my imagination or was there a triggering event that made That's your I, you know, your abilities all of a sudden like blossom, for lack of a better word. I don't know. I, I right. know. Like, or was it something you say, man, you know what? This has been around all the time. I was just like pushing it away. You know, that's a great question. I, <clears throat> I was, I was kind of doing that hindsight look, and there was a couple events that I do remember. But kind of when I come out of the quote-unquote metaphysical closet and said, uh -huh. "Hey, I'm a medium," right, and saying kind of owning who I was. Um, it was funny because my mom, uh, right away, she was like, oh, that totally makes sense. That totally, <laughs> she goes, and I was like, really? you like, you knew, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah, you were always a sensitive kid, and you had imaginary friends, and I was like, I don't even remember half that stuff, and here right. my mom is, you know, telling me all this stuff, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool to hear it, yeah. um, and saying that, you know, it totally makes sense that I you know, um, have these abilities. But um, so one of the things that um, I would share, one quick story that sure. when I was um, looking back and I was um, been was doing a book project and um, I was like, you know, how far do I go back and look on my, you know, my abilities if they're, you know, in, in my life and saying if I could find events or remember events in my life that go on, Ha, look at that. I bet you that was my 
intuition. And one time that I went back, and it was uh, when I was in uh, Afghanistan, and this was okay. in the early 2000s, right? And we're talking okay. before the ground war in Iraq. And, and one of the things, one of our missions was um, in those early days is to do mounted, uh, what's called mounted combat patrol. So you take uh, vehicles um, and uh, go up and patrol, uh, you know, um, heavily traveled routes and such and do a bunch of other things. Well, one of them was a night patrol and, and, um, and we had stopped along the route and that was a big no-no. We, you don't stop. You never stop unless you absolutely have to. And especially if you do stop, you don't stop uh, obviously in a, in a choke point or any area that could possibly put something underneath the road. Right. And one of the things that I remember, I, I wasn't in charge of the patrol that evening, but I kept on hearing a voice and it kept on saying, you need to move the vehicles up another 500 meters. And I was like, at first it was like, what the heck, you know, did I just hear that right? And yeah. then I heard it again. Hey, you need to move the vehicles up another 500 meters. So of course, I'm on the radio trying to get a hold of somebody saying, hey, can you move the vehicle, you know, this line of vehicles so you, you know, move them up further. And I can't get a hold of anybody. And so I remember running up to the front of the lead vehicle saying, hey, we're in a inner danger area. You need to move the, uh, the lead vehicle up quite a ways so we can get all the vehicles through this area. And, um, you know, I really believe that not only listening to um, what, I'm, what I'm trusting now is, you know, whether right. it's my higher self or spirit or my intuition, right. but not only that, but we had some early technology that was, um, that was being fielded at the time that we really still believe today that if it wasn't to due to those couple facts that we wouldn't be here today talking to you. Okay. And so it's interesting. So I'm always, still today, I'm a big proponent of talking about or empowering others to trust their intuition yes. and saying, yes. you know, would you stake your life on it? Yes. And saying, you know, are you going to listen to it? And, and I think it's so interesting when I get to talk to, um, in the scope of my duties or my work now and saying, if I get the opportunity to talk to police, fire, or EMS, first responders, and saying, or soldiers, whomever, and saying, you know, sometimes you'll catch little stories. They won't say intuition, but yeah. saying, have you ever had, yes. you know, your gut tell you this? Yes. And they're like, every damn time, or yeah. they'll tell you all the time. And saying, so there's, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool stories come you from folks what? that... You know what? And sometimes you do have the benefit of finding out what bullet you dodged, and sometimes you don't. There's just That's no way right. to quantify it. You just... Yeah. You, you, right? you never get that confirmation of, hey, you know, wow, thank God I followed my gut. <laughs> right? Uh, you, know, you know, unless you're like one of those, like, don't get on that plane, you know, and then it crashes, then you go, man, that was good. <laughs> I didn't get on that plane. You know, then right. you know. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, especially... Um, when you're maybe what your job is, is to be very analytical or fact based, mm -hmm. you know, you have like this contradiction, like you kind of like, I think your self-talk is like, 
are you really gonna you know are you stupid <laughs> you know what are you doing you know, I, I, you know that inner dialogue but like you yeah. think after a while you're like okay i'm gonna go with it what's the worst that can happen but nobody will know why i want to why i'm doing or not doing right. a certain thing right and that's a great point is like you know a lot of people you know people think that they have to live we're in the social media world, right? And everything is for everybody to see. But when you practice your intuition, you don't have to announce that if you don't want to. You don't have to, you know, take the Instagram selfie and go, yeah. oh, fe feeling yes. cute, might practice my intuition later, don't know, you know, it's like, you don't have to say that. It's like, but, right, you know, if you right. want to, it may, you know, you can take, you know, take steal that one maybe later. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's a lot of people use it daily and they're either A, they're conscious of it or on the majority B, that they're not conscious of it. Mm -hmm. But what I'm finding is the people that are making, um, that they're really moving mountains and they're really going leaps and bounds are the people that are embracing their intuition. Yes. And we're seeing that from, you know, Fortune 500 business owners to you know, it doesn't matter what you do. I don't care if you're, you know, uh, you know, everywhere from the White House all the way to a ditch digger. I don't care what you do. Yes. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, but people of all backgrounds and religions, race, creeds, colors, doesn't matter. Um, it's, yes. you know, just an ability and everybody right. has and, it. And, and I think that some people have it on all the time and then some people have yeah. it under either under stressful, you know, situations or life or death. Is when it pops up, you know, and then the rest of the time they don't really like get it that 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 flash or that gut like don't go down that road or stay right. home or whatever. Uh, and well, there's others that, like you said, either they flex the muscle, yeah, and, um, and and I think that that helps also for you to get more messages. And you, and you pointed something out, which is that a lot of times something like that speaks to you in symbols and every every person has symbols uh, interprets symbols a different way do you see yes. what i'm saying yeah like it's yes. it's almost like a message that's just for you because i'm feeding it to you in a way that you your you know whatever will understand it yes absolutely well and that's a great point marlene and thanks for bringing that up is and and really you think about it when you logically look at things right from that's how we understand and that's how we learn in life. So from our experiences that we've had since birth till however old somebody is now, um, that is how we based our experiences or our knowledge base on that, right? So whether whatever you watch, learn, listen to, experience, whatever, saying that's that's our knowledge base, right? That is our language and everything. But the thing is, is understand that's all great for this earthly or 3D plane. But when we go to the sixth sense, then there is the other level, right? Almost that yes. other dimension and saying, okay, if but if they're in a sense trying to communicate to us, uh -huh. in a sense they have to feed it back so we understand what the heck they're talking about and saying, you know, and I know a lot of times uh, I'm sure my spirit guide is like, Drinking and shaking their head, going, "Oh my God, this guy is so <laughs> he's such a bonehead," you know. And, and sometimes I am, I you know, sometimes I I am the typical just bonehead and and saying I just didn't see that. I I you know, even though I do this every day and all the time, and it's like, 
But, you know, I still deal with life and I'm still a dad. I'm still a husband and and I I do, you know, everyday normal stuff. But I love how you bring up the fact of you said something of flexing the muscle. And I love um, thinking of the fact of intuition as a muscle. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, I always use the analogy of if you just took one Pilates class or one class uh, like group exercise and you never continued exercising you would just be sore as hell the next day you know you wouldn't gain anything but if you continually go and exercise your abilities or strengthen your muscles then you know it's going to increase for you and that's the same with intuition so if if somebody out there is taking one class or reading one book or whatever you can't just do one thing and go yes. oh i'm enlightened now i'm good to go and or, saying you got to work you got to continue you got to put in the work and you got to right. put in the time and learn how it works for you because what you're reading and what you're learning are other people's experiences and what other people are teaching but then you got to take all of that and put it as an overlay to how your life is running and how it fits in your life and if you want to use it, right? Of course, because well, some of it you might go, you know what? I don't like what that person is saying or, or teaching. I don't like that uh, or I don't resonate with that and saying that's okay. Right. But at the same time, is like you got to put it into action. And so I'm a big proponent of that as well because if you don't take anything and put it into action, it's not, no it would be like, you can tell some good stories, but that's about it. Well, and, and also, and, and this I think goes for a lot of stuff, that people try things and they go, oh, I'm not good at it. And I, how, how, how often did you try it? A couple of times. That's just like, okay, really? It, you mean you didn't practice it or try it or, you know, get into like, no, I, yeah. I can tell I'm not good at it. It's like, of course, you know, they, and they don't understand that something like this, just like any other thing, uh, ability, you need to practice it. You know, you you're you gotta get your body and your mind coordinated to to, and uh, yes. but I think also a lot of when I was saying before, I think a lot of people have that critical self criticizing voice. Yep. Like even though nobody knows it, they're like, oh, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? Oh, like you know, like like exactly like what you said. Like they've got this big, uh, the focus on them, like this invisible camera. <laughs> that's right. That's aware that you're such an idiot you know and it's like stop it you know uh, and unless something really like uh, that they can't deny it happens they poo poo it they walk mm-hmm. away from it and um i think a lot of times like i said you know these are the people that that could have dodged the bullet but they didn't because they wouldn't listen to it and of course something happened and but they're not around to say you know what what i had a feeling about this um and now here you go you started embracing it you started getting mm-hmm. calls what happens dean when you let's say you go out in the public mm-hmm. do, do do people do 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 you have spirits that come up to you and say hey i want you to give this message to this person or you're going to meet this person how, how does that work for you well i got so that's a great question i i got some really big boundaries around this and we just okay. And it's interesting. I just talked about this with some of my students um, okay. here just last week. And so it, to me is I work with a really tight group of ethics. And one of the first things is that 
unless I'm really guided by spirit to say, hey, you need, you know, like say if I'm around somebody and it's like, I very clearly get from spirit, you need to go up to that individual and deliver a message. Then if I do that, obviously I'm going to introduce myself and tell them what that I do. However, I will always give the or lead with, are you open to receiving a message from spirit? And okay. if they tell me, oh, hell no, then, you know, all I'm going to do is go, okay, and maybe go home and write it down and trust that, you know, okay. the, the universe will make it known. But the, the, the other piece is, is that I just don't walk around and be like, you know, oh, my God, you got a grandma. I won't just run up to somebody and do that. I got very clear boundaries around yes. that big and I don't, and that is a huge thing with me as well, is I don't let other people just um, just okay. read me. It's like, you know, so, you know, because I believe that our energy is very sacred space. Yes. And to, you know, you should have somebody's permission prior to not only reading them, but working on them energetically, yes. um, sharing their information, all that stuff. So, I got big boundaries around that, and because number one, too, I look at it from a an aspect of saying, would I um, like that, or how would I like to be treated in a sense? And I just kind of come from it, um, you know, saying, um, you know, saying, okay, do do I just you know go up and start reading them, so to speak? But I uh, no, that doesn't happen. But do I get you know? You talked earlier in the beginning about being an empath. A lot of times, will I go into either a, a store? In fact, there's a there's a local. Um, my daughter does competitive dance, and okay. I actually went into a local store here, the only one in our area that does, um, uh, you know, dance supply or whatever. And it, the energy is just so heavy. Um, and so every time I go in there, I, I have a little bit more of my guard up. And okay. so I kind of put a double protection up. But okay. at the same time, it's just like, oh, just some heavy. It's just like it can be great on the outside. But then it's like running through mud. And it's just like, oh. And so, you know, will I feel things and and be really aware of like, ooh, this person is really dealing with something? Yeah. I, you know, I'm already, you know, just because it's automatic, I I don't intentionally like, hey, I'm going to start reading your energy. But if it's exuding off of them, just like huge, maybe they're going through something um, super emotionally, if they're carrying that with them, you know, typically I'll start picking up on that. And most empaths are like that anyways. It's like, oof, they got some stuff going on. But guess what? You know, I've, I've kind of matured I guess in my sense of saying at the end of the day it's still their stuff and saying and that's where my boundaries are saying I'm here to help you but at the end of the day and the end of the session your stuff is still your stuff it's up to you to deal with it I'll help you but the thing is is you still have to do it and so I can't do that you know I've seen it I'm sure you've seen them some shows like like what you said it you have a medium run up to people, strangers, and start giving yeah. them a reading. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, sometimes, I mean, and, and really in truth, you don't know behind the scenes what some of these producers yeah, do with the editing. Show. It's, yep. They edit yep. or they, yep. it's not as surprising as it looks. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. But still I'm thinking, you know what? There's a lot of people that, even though it might be technically a loved one, they might not be prepared for it. 
you know. Yeah. Everybody wants to, you know, everybody thinks that because it's a loved one that passed away, maybe that everything was copacetic between you and this person. And sometimes it's <laughs> not. not. It's not. <laughs> not always. No, no. You know? No, I actually got a text today from a, a dear friend of mine that she's very psychic, very psychic. She does uh, energy healing and, and she knows um, she knew that a loved one was, was trying to communicate with her, but she goes, I know mediumship isn't my jam. She goes, would you check in? And she did not have a great relationship with her when she was living. And, mm -hmm. you know, and she's quite clear about that. But at the same time, it's like, um, there's not always the, it's not always, uh, I always say it's not always puppy dogs and unicorn yeah. parts. It's not. Yes. It can be very heavy. It could have yes. been very abusive. It could yeah. be very dark, yes. um, you know, or sometimes it's um, or maybe the living did not like them at all or whatever yeah. the case is. Yes. It's life. And exactly. not everybody has great relationships. But, oh. you know, it's uh, that usually makes up uh, a small percentage. But. You know, it does exist, and you or know, sometimes I think people need a little bit more time to come around to yes, that too. Yeah, where they're willing, or like you said, or they they fixed it in their head. You know, uh, right? If you've got issues with somebody that passed away, just because they died doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're good with all maybe stuff that happened in the past. Maybe it takes a while right. for you to like work it out. Yeah, and say, and then if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, guess what? I've got this person," and they're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, all right. Now, now I can really listen to it without getting defensive. You know, like what people do in right. their life. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, like, right. Which is like, yeah, and you tell that as it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, no, I hear you absolutely. And sometimes that does. It's almost like you're giving uh, counseling yes. to you know to the deceased, and it's like. Oh, how did I get into this? You know, yes. it's Let like, me ask you, about, what about that? Have you come across? Um, you know, ghosts or spirits that are confused that they're coming oh, yeah. to you because you can actually hear them, see them, communicate with them, and they're like, hey, what does anybody talk to me? So that happens actually quite often, especially early on in my development. Okay. Um, there was a lot of stuff. So one of the things was um, around uh, the time of, if we remember back during Sandy Hook, Yes. The, the school shooting, very tragic event. And um, actually a school teacher showed up. And I hadn't, you know, and of course, you would have to live completely 20 feet underground and covered with a rock um, around that time not to have heard of Sandy Hook. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was everything, right? And one of the, and I don't know why, because I was really staying away from social media just because I'm such an empath. Right. And I was not pulling up pictures of like any children or any just purpose. And I was I was really purposely staying away from that stuff. And and we don't have cable kind of for that purpose as well. And uh, the spirit showed up and she said, "Hey, I'm one of the teachers from Sandy Hook." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." And I was like, "You know, I'm in North Dakota, right?" <laughs> and I was yeah, like, you, like, you sure you got the right guy? Like, you know, uh -huh. and, and, um, but one, and I was like, and I was like, well, I'll take your message, 
but I'm not, you know, it would be really poor timing for me to reach out to anybody because I would be perceived as the kook from North Dakota yeah. trying to get headlines or, mm -hmm. or fame. Yes. And, you know, and I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it up to you and make it, you know, I'm going to trust that, you know, if I'm supposed to deliver this message to your husband or somebody else that, um, you know, that it's going to happen whether, you know, whenever. So, right. and it was interesting because she was talking about, um, oh, at the time she was let you know, just want to let everybody know that the, the, uh, the, the kids were okay, uh, that she was taking care of the kids. The other thing is, is that, um, um, is talking about the firestorm. This was before they even started talking about gun reform and all this. And right. she was like talking about how such a, uh, I think the word she used was a firestorm this was going to create. Right. And, a, you know, a political firestorm and all this. And she talked about it. And so I wrote it all down and I just stuffed it away in a binder. And so sometimes the things just show up. Absolutely. Right. There was another time that, um, my wife, who is very empathic as well, she was like, oh, my God, Dean. She goes, you know, there's a lot of people here. And she was like, what is going on? And um, I think it, it was around the time of, uh, uh, if you remember also, the Malaysian flight, right? Yes, yes. And it was like people kept on coming through the door. And I was like, holy cow. Right. And so, yeah, and it was like um, just kind of showing up. And so it was just crazy. So you're and thinking, I, okay, I, this is like somebody, a bunch of people just... Yeah, uh, just, yeah. For um, and I was like, and and I was like, well, obviously, I need to, you know, start talking to these folks and see, okay. you know, it's like, you know, right. having everybody outside and going, well, what do you guys want? Well, and people don't realize that, you know, in some of these catastrophic events, um, your self awareness, I imagine, is still there, and all of a sudden, you're just like, what happened? <laughs> like, right. Well, and, you know, obviously we are aware of the Malay, everybody was yes. as well, right? And at the same time as, you know, talking about, because I know there's probably people hearing this that'll be like, well, you know, you're just thinking that because right. obviously being a medium and saying, oh, but no, because, you know, I didn't right off the bat, I wasn't like, whoop, I bet you this is all those airline folks. No, right. it wasn't that. It was just like, well, obviously it was my wife first off going, what are all these people doing here? And then I was like, then I tuned in and going, oh, wow. I was like, there are a lot of people here. What's going on? And then I started listening. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's, you know, they were talking about the the flight. And then there were some other details that came out um, right. as well. But there was a lot of, um, you talked about crossing over, right, and right. tragedies and stuff. Right. And there was, like, where I call them soul retrievals. So where mm -hmm. they're, you think of being stuck and everything and saying, you know, it's okay. It's, um, you know, let me help you cross over and, right. and trying to find, uh, you know, find that, um, that peace for them as well. And, and, right. and it really, you know, the biggest thing is, is that, um, a lot of people don't realize the confusion a lot of these souls have because whether their death was instantaneous and they're like, how can I be dead? I was just alive right. or 
It was like, I can't die or I, you know, I can't go because of my family needs me. What are they going to do? Right. You know, so unfinished business, whatever the case is. Uh, or sometimes it's, um, you know, uh, saying, I just want to be recognized and validated that, you know, they're scared. They're, it's like, right where, there, the hell, yes. where, where, quite honestly, where the hell am I? Yeah. And say, and tell somebody goes, hey, over here, you're okay. Just calm down. It's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And say, and just talk to them. And say, and, um, so a lot of people don't realize that. And I know that until you have your own experience with souls in that um, state of not really here nor there, it's kind of a lot of people, I think that's where the term purgatory comes up, right? So you talk about the in-between mm -hmm. and not really earth plane, but not really heaven either. And, right. And saying in caught in the in between and saying and there's a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Well, and, and like what you said, you know, a, a lot of these people have those near death experiences. They'll say, yes. you know, what well, I have a choice. They, they they give me a choice, and you know whether as bad as they want to, especially if there were some, you know, their body was in pain. I could go on to the hereafter, but they come back like for what you said. They have family, they have children, perhaps, oh. uh, or unfinished business. Usually, it's loved ones though. That pulls yep. them back like I can't. But in this case, let's say, if a plane goes down, you don't that choice is evaporated. Your right. body is not usable anymore, in other words. Right. So it's yep. like what you're saying. They're like, I'm dead, but I have kids, I have a husband or a wife, yep. I have whatever. Even mm -hmm. personal ambition, I imagine, has to figure in there somewhere where well, what if you had all these things that you thought you were gonna accomplish? Let's say you're a twenty something or thirty something year old and there were things yep. that you wanted to do, and all of a sudden it's like, what do you mean? That's it? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't be dead. Like, I don't I don't have time to be dead, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, you have the rest of your life to be, you know, it's yes. like, you know, you have the rest of forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, yes. you know, I don't, it, because we're, we're, we're still dealing with this, three-dimensional way of thinking and this yes. you know we can't really conceptualize it we can only catch glimpses of it and and even if we were given the full um you know if, if we were shown everything i you know i don't even think the most brilliant mind could accurately depict everything that that is shown and that then sometimes in readings i struggle to even accurately convey what i'm seeing or experiencing because um, you know, you think of our, our, our language, the human language sometimes just fails to accurately describe the, the level of beauty or intensity or, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, but it's a red, but it's a red like you've never seen. And right. it's like, okay, well, what kind of red is that? And it's like, if, well, you've never seen it, but you know, so, but all you can do is bring up to your knowledge base and saying, okay, well, it's a red, but it's beyond what you know. Right. And so just think of it as red, but it's really cool. And, you know, or things like that, for example. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's I imagine that, you know, for, let me ask you, do you, have you ever had somebody that doesn't believe they're dead? How's that? That you've had to convince them. In other words, not that they're confused. It's that they really just don't get it. You know, either because they weren't prepared or maybe I've heard also of people that have passed away like traumatically. In other words, or they were, you know, unconscious and they kind of like, next thing you know, it's like, 
I'm not, you know, I can't, my body's right. there and I'm here. Right. How do you no, I, I have. And, you know, and, and sometimes it's usually, um, you know, like if I'm going in to do a, a home cleansing, like, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, if I'm with a, with a client and, and say a lot of people would call it a dousing and right. saying because they're reporting of a haunting or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it, and usually I'm already tuning into the energy of the home and going, nah, I don't really think it's the evil haunting like what you would think a poltergeist. But yeah. I was like, I think you got somebody that's really just confused and has been here for a long, long time. Okay. And usually like in our area of the Midwest where I live, um, it's, you know, a, a lot of history, of course, throughout, throughout everywhere, right? And but the thing is, is we get a lot of immigrants and a lot of farmers mm-hmm. and attached to there's a lot of old homes still. But at the same time, it's usually attached to the land. Yes. And there's, of course, a lot of Native American um, rich. This area where I live is rich in Native American history as well. And a lot of actual fierce battles were actually fought. And so there's some souls that are still kind of at rest in a sense. So, yeah, so sometimes it's like, um, especially when it comes to homes, it's like, so we're, if I'm talking with uh, one client I, I was doing, a, and I said, oh, yeah, you got an older lady here, and you know, she, I think she was from Poland, I think, and, and, and uh, talking about, you know, just about the farm and everything going on and on, and, and so I had to really convince her that she was uh, that she was she was dead, you know, and that she had passed, and like, you know, and she was. And again, you talk about because if I remember correctly, that was the one where she was con- uh, concerned about her daughter, and I was like, you know, and I kind of told her too. I was like, well, you know, really judging from the way that you're dressed and everything and your energy. Um, I'm sure that your daughter is passed as well because I'm, yeah. I'm thinking it's like it was the 1800s or whatever. Right. And I was like, you know, it's it's been a long time. The year is currently in this, you know, uh, whatever year it was. It was probably in, uh, you know, somewhere uh, in the 2000s. And so the thing is, is that it was like, um, you know, kind of just it was more of a conversation and it just like, you know, they, they don't, in their realm, it's like it's they're still in that state of when they crossed. And well, you so, know what? It, it's, it's almost like people, you know that movie, of course, I'm sure you've seen it, The Sixth Sense, where they yeah. see only what they want to see. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, right, yeah. absolutely. You're only, yes. And that's a great, uh, I think part of that movie is a great example. Of course, obviously, Hollywood does their best yeah. to entertain. But at the same time, I think that is a it brings up good points of saying that, you know, that use your creator reality and saying regardless of whether um, the person is deceased or the person, you know, and at the end, obviously, the psych- psychological thriller where everybody's deceased or whatever, you know, he only yeah. sees, uh, I think, where it's Bruce Willis was deceased or whatever it was. But the thing is, is that um, it almost brings me to the movie Lost as well, right? And the whole right. th- time everybody's almost dead so it's like oh crazy so um so i think that's a great example too is like you know what do you you know it's kind of like that user created reality and Mm -hmm. so i i uh 
It, it does. I, I think at times that when people talk about hell, the thing that I know for anyway for me, I that's mm-hmm. I can only speak truth for me is that I know that from my experiences, I can tell you that um, you know hell is a user created. Um, reality and so is void of everything right mm-hmm. um, and so whether it's void of God for one pe- person or void of light or whether it's crawling with quote-unquote demons or monsters right. or the fiery infernos of hell right yes. and whatever that is it could be anything right. um, you know it could be good Lord going on the Disney <laughs> land ride you know it's a small over and world. over again here you go again it's, 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 it's a small know, world like, yeah right it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like but you know um i i remember i remember one of the things that um when my mother-in-law was passing uh god rest her soul and and um one of her things was is that she was um concerned with is that she did not believe that she was worthy to go to heaven um and she was a you know very and uh very religious in her own right but at the same time she didn't believe that she was worthy and and i was like oh i i you know and of course my wife and i in this whole process of her crossing you know of course my wife and i had this big long discussion but i said um you know, I said, we need to have a chat with her because I said, that's, you know, I said, that's one thing where people get stuck is feeling that, you know, that they're not worthy to continue on and saying, why would I, because I'm not worthy for my soul to go on to the, into heaven, what they consider, right. you know, in those higher realms and saying, then they're going to sit there, you know, um, whether it's earthbound or, you know, whatever the case is. And, and uh, it was interesting because we, it wasn't about um, convincing her, it was more about getting her to see, um, and in retrospect of, you know, all the things that she considered in her mind to be good things, saying, you know, you, yes. you raised two great kids, you da da da, you know, we go down right. the list. And, and, you know, for, I think for 99.9% of everybody, um, you know, a lot of times, sometimes we feel we're not worthy in some aspect of life. But the other thing is, is too, is that, you know, it's good to do a kind of a review maybe prior to passing and saying, you know, you, you have had a great life. You, you know, right. maybe you didn't go to, maybe you didn't get to Arizona. Maybe you didn't go to, you know, right. uh, Disneyland as many times as you wanted to go. But here's the thing is that you've still lived a great life and, right. um, so I think it's it's interesting, but I've had the the honor and privilege of being able to do sessions for those that are in hospice, okay. uh, hospice care, um, and uh, that'll be experience that I will never ever forget for for as long as I'm still breathing on this in this lifetime, anyways. And um, you know, it's something that was. Um, was really uh, awe-inspiring and, and to be able to give them a sense of peace as well and the family um, so that their loved ones were, you know, awaiting their transition right on the other side and, right. you know, give them validation of that. So, and really that's what it's about. It's really about, you know, saying, you know, truly love never dies. It, it It's just 
what you know transition from one existence to the other and and uh, it's you know and, and, from... and i think sometimes people like what you were saying when people start holding themselves to these standards like you said sometimes they don't realize life is supposed to be messy you're supposed to make mistakes you know like there's no right. such thing as a perfect human that has no. never maybe done terrible things you know on purpose or you know just because you right. it happens and uh yeah and i i see a you know uh that sometimes especially you know when a lot of religion works it, it kind of works against that person towards the end of their life where they're had, holding themselves to these standards which it's like god nobody's going to be able to live up to that right right that's you know you bring up a great point to saying that you know i i know we all try our best um to to do the best we can but you know we make mistakes yes. um whether consciously subconsciously whatever we make bad decisions but it's all part of the learning process and really at the end of the day if you go deeper when you think about it it's it's the human condition or the human ego that is saying that is something that is bad or good right and so whether you did a a bad thing or you did a great thing it's just an action or inaction is at the end of the day and saying you know where are you at with it and saying um you know but um it's you know the sooner that you can find peace in your life now yes while you're still living you're you're already ahead of the game and so if you can find that within yourself because it's already there you just have to have a state of allowance and start practicing that let then. me ask you dean do you have you run across any person that's passed away who didn't believe in the afterlife in other words when they were alive and this has nothing to do with like fear of hell or anything they just one of these people that thought when you die that's it there's no hereafter you're that's it right. you're going to, to, and, and all of a sudden they're dead and it's like what <laughs> what do you yeah. mean <laughs> what, yeah. what do you mean yeah, yeah. that that happens quite often I'll, yeah. I'll be doing a gallery you know a public greeting and I'll be doing a gallery and I'll have somebody's grandma or grandpa that maybe was not very open to mediums or that kind of thing and or maybe not very religious right, right, and, right. but and, and and so they just thought you know hey um, or whatever their belief but you know and saying oh my god like I had it wrong or or you know in their in their fashion well I'll be gall dang you know and so <laughs> you know they come through and, and saying just like oh, you know yeah. and it's like they're just completely blown away by um, what they're experiencing It'll be like I had no you know idea and and I always say this is that you know we come up with our best version of what we understand now even like we're talking right now right and then when we die we're gonna get to the other side and go well shit I had it all wrong <laughs> yeah. and it's like yeah it's like yeah, but <laughs> but you know all we can do is our best interpretation of what we perceive or what we receive and send and to try to do our best to you know exactly. put that into words so we understand it right exactly exactly and um, how about any negative experiences have have because I know that um, one of the things I've spoken to with with other means at the time is after a while you, you could got to learn to put up these boundaries you know between mm -hmm. yourself and the deceased 
Yep. You know, I imagine so that you can live life. But have you ever had any negative experiences where maybe before you had a lot of experience under your belt? Yeah. So um, it's good that you bring this up because everybody, there was an explosion of what I call the, the medium the medium genre. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe going back three, four years, right? And it seems like everybody wanted to become a medium because it was, uh, you know, sound like uh, Reba McIntyre was country when country wasn't cool. So maybe I was a medium when the medium wasn't cool. But but what I'm trying to get at is saying that, um, you know, sometimes people don't realize it's um, there, there is an aspect and I'm not trying to paint a dark picture, Mm -hmm. but sometimes there's aspects, especially before you really realize it, where sometimes there's things that aren't the most pleasant to deal with. And if you aren't very clear with the spiritual realm of saying, hey, I'm on the clock or, hey, I'm working and you don't put up those spiritual boundaries or those that protection, you can be very affected. Um, One of the things when I started my very first readings um, and I was disconnecting to willy nilly any spirit that was stepping forward. I was like, ooh, this is kind of fun. And it's like, you know, and I was playing with it. And I was like, and, but there was one, and I was learning how in those early days, um, the different vibrations of spirit. So meaning, I know now um, how the vibration feels of somebody that is, what you consider them in a, uh, in heaven, right? So very... Very divine in nature. And then if somebody is has either ill intent or in a very negative place, they have a different vibration. So okay. entity or spirit, right? And so this one lady that came forward, she had a very different vibration to her. Okay. And I was like, oh, your energy is way different. And it was way low uh, vibrating. And I was just like, because it almost sounded like a slow record, like, and I was like, it's really easy to talk to you because a lot of people don't realize, like, spirits don't, like, lower their energy to talk to mediums. Mediums have to increase their energy and vibration to match that of whatever entity they're communicating with. So think of the spiritual realm emanating at whatever frequency we got to crank the, the juice up to talk right. to them. And so one of the things I was just, I remember going, God, it's so easy to, it's like not like effortless. And afterwards, it was like I had just, like somebody took all the air out of my tires. And I was like, oh my God, I just feel like crap. And I just felt like somebody had just, I don't know, threw mud all over me and everything. And I just felt cranky and yes. so just everything. And so I had talked to a friend at the time and they were like, you got to watch that stuff. They were like, you were talking with whatever, you know, whatever spirit it was. They were saying that, you know, some spirits are not so high vibrating and they zapped your energy. So meaning suck the energy. They, they're, they're a, you know, you think of an energy vampire, or, you know, and, and saying uh-huh. whether it's intentional or they're seeking um, like a moth to a flame, they're right. going to keep seeking the energy and saying, you're right there. And if you're talking to them, guess what? They're, they're getting gas from you. 
and yeah. saying, so the thing is, is that they'll keep on feeding as long as you give it okay. and saying, and then you'll leave feeling like you are now. Mm-hmm. And then you'll feel like you have an energy cold, I call them. And so you'll feel like you have the flu or somebody took all your mojo or whatever you want to call it for maybe right. a day or two or sometimes less. But, yeah, I've had some really, uh, in the early days, I had some really um, eye-opening experiences that I'm like, oh, you idiot, Dean, why did you do that? And I just left with either migraines or felt okay. so disabilitated. I'm like, okay, am, is my en- did my energy get zapped so bad that I'm right. contemplating going to the physical, uh, a regular doctor or what's going right. on? And then... You know, usually, typically about four hours later, it's like I start coming out of it. It's like a gotcha. fog, right? And, and then maybe after a good shower and something to eat. And um, usually, too, is um, it seems like because sugar grounds our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, if something like a, like chocolate or something like that as well, okay. uh, it usually, for me anyways, mm-hmm. um, it usually I'll usually know, like, um, if that is something that um, kind of helps, um, exactly. You know, so and and also uh, good protein. So whether it's um, you know like a you know for vegetarians out there a good vegetarian dish or usually I'm craving like a huge steak or a huge burger. It's like yeah. I could eat ten of them. I'm just yeah, a lot gonna, of protein. Quick. Oh yeah, and the body is like I haven't eaten in ten days. It's like I just fed you for lunch. Yeah. And it's like, but the body is like, I don't care. Feed me, see more. It's like get in my belly, right? <laughs> and have, have, you know, you ever, you have you ever had that in, when you were talking that since you're an empath? Yeah. Have you ever had connection with a, a, a spirit that died of some disease you know or some illness that was you know physically very painful or obvious that you started feeling there yeah what all their the symptoms time. were all the time during readings um you know a lot of times during galleries too i'll mm-hmm. one of the things that it works with me is i feel it show up in my body so okay. a lot of times people hear me will probably say well i hear them say i feel um a lot And so because I do, I open that psychic aspect of me up to allow that to augment my readings, um, you know, because here I'm using my mediumship channel to communicate, but then, you know, I use the receptors, if you will, the psychic receptors within my body to get other information from spirit and saying, that's how they communicate with me and saying, can you feel this? Can you feel... um, you know, like I can feel people get intubated, uh, like down their throat, like wow. when they get scoped or like if they were on prolonged uh, oxygen therapy, I can feel the back of my, the, the nasal passages or throats dry out. Or um, mm-hmm. sometimes there was this poor older lady one time, she, her whole arm was just completely like the vein was all blown out and it was all okay. bruised. And what you see, it's very common because people get dehydrated and it's hard for nurses and doctors to get a uh, an IV in. But sometimes because that's evidential information, because that's probably was probably hard for the family to see that, right. especially on somebody that's that's dying of cancer or somebody that is um, so anemic or whatever that, you know, almost looks like bone, you know, and it's yes. like but then 
you know so things that are very even difficult to bring forward um, but that's evidence that the the client needs or the sitter needs and the other pieces is, is that you know whether it's um, I remember one lady during a, a gallery she was talking about the um, oh her um, the glands within the body and becoming completely um, septus, you know, septic wow. and everything becoming toxic. And it was almost like I could feel the blood, you know, coursing through and I knew that it was um, toxic and, you know, or aneurysms or different things. But I would share one time um, with, uh, I was, one of my favorite snacks, Marlene, is raw almonds, okay? Okay. And not that I expect raw almonds from from you for Christmas or anything, but I, I but I was I was actually uh, this was quite a while back, and and I was sitting snacking on almonds one day, and um, and I went to put my hand back in the container to get some, and my hand just lightly touched the almonds, and all of a sudden I had this coughing fit. Now. I almost got, I was, I was almost like, I was thinking, oh my God, it's almost like I'm allergic uh -huh. to almonds. Like I was almost literally choking, like my, I was turning beet red. I mean, it was bad. And my wife was concerned. She was like, oh my God. She goes, are you okay? And she, you know, she was, and I was like, I knew I'd be okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, so it, it, it stopped. And I was like, oh, my God. And I said, now watch this. And I took my hand and I put it back in the container and I just touched them. And again, I erupted in coughing. And I was like, wow. and then I was trying to say in the middle of coughing and get and I was like, OK, you can stop. And I was like, well, whoever's coming forward, they are very allergic to almonds. And I was like, okay, this isn't mine. I don't want this. So a lot of times if I'm experiencing back pain, any type of pain or any symptom in life, I always have to go, is this mine? Is this, you know, is this my neck pain? Is this my ear pain? Is this whatever? Yes. I have to discern for myself. And if I go, you know what, um, that doesn't feel like mine. And then nine times out of ten, as soon as I go, uh, it's not mine, I don't want it, and then it'll just go poof, like it, like it wasn't there. I can feel it dissolve, and it's I mean, like... Tyson, that's incredible. Well, you know what? It's, it's kind of a pain in the butt, to be really honest with you, <laughs> but it is, it, you know, it, um, but there's a lot of impasse out there. I will just say that I know experience something similar, and they're like, oh my God, I'm cursed, and they use that word quite, and saying because... I don't want to hurt. I don't want to feel how they died. I don't want to yeah. know that. I'm saying, well, guess what? I can't stop it. But, you know, let's talk about ways to help you control it. And right. so if you can discern whether it's yours or not, you know, that's a huge step. And, you know, because the universe is trying to use you right. as an instrument and saying, you got to, you know, that's how it's trying to communicate to you. Same exactly. Like that. And that's that's what I'm thinking that maybe I imagine some mediums after a while, they, they start like getting shy of that whole experience yep. because they just it's like, I don't want to like you said, I want to want to experience physically. Whatever. Well, they start getting burnt out, Marley, and they start, you know, mm -hmm. experiencing burnout because it is so 
for some, it is so um, it is so intense and saying, "I can't, I can't continue doing this. I can't, I can't keep connecting and going through the right. pain or going through this." And saying, and I had this conversation early on with Spirit because you know I read about some of that and some of the stuff that was coming forward that was like some pretty depressing and dark stuff. And mm -hmm. and I was like, look, if you're not giving me ways to be able to help somebody, if you're not giving me the ability to be able to do that, then I don't want to A, experience that physical sensation or receive that information. You can just find somebody else to do that. But I said, because I want to be able to help somebody with that, not just write it down somewhere in a notebook and then five, right. ten years ago saying, oh, I wrote that, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's great, but I want to be able to help somebody with it um, and saying, you know, so if I know that there's a, for example, it's great that I know that there's a tsunami coming, but, um, you know, nobody's going to listen to Dean McMurray, the military medium, to evacuate a third world country you know, off the coast of wherever. So, right. it's like, uh, so give me some actionable stuff. It's great that I know that these milestones are happening, but at the same time, um, you know, why, why are you giving them to me and saying, if there's something that I'm supposed to do with it, great, but, um, other than writing them down in a journal somewhere. So, um, sometimes it does, sometimes it can be a challenge. And, and that's why I really ask people, like, I really question people, like, why do you really want to do this type of work? Um, you know, because not saying that you, people don't have good intentions, but I just want to make sure they realize how serious it can be because it's not just something for the faint hearted. You just don't start this and then stop. It's like, right. It's uh, once you start down that path, it's like you're already down the rabbit hole, bud. It's uh, but I don't want to sound ominous either. It's not no, a. It, it, I no, mean, it's very humbling and rewarding work, but at the same time, it's like you don't do it because it's like, ooh, that would be cool. It's like no, yeah, you don't do it because it's cool. It's like you know, it's like. Well, yeah, that there you know, that there's a downside to it if you don't know how to manage it. It's what it sounds like. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, take it with a, uh, a grain of you know. Have obviously, I have fun with it. I mm -hmm. I do joke when it's appropriate, but at the same time, to keep a light. But at the same time, there's you know, I take it very serious in doing what I do, and and um, you know, because I do understand the 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 level of. I don't know. I, I guess uh, given it the, the reverency it deserves and saying, you know, it's not just it's it would be like waving a loaded gun around in a sense and saying, you know, um, you know, get treat it with some respect. But it doesn't mean to run away from it in fear either. So, well, right. And this is and I want to say I'm going to blame it on Hollywood. I think sometimes they over glamorize things like this. Sure. Um, like. You know, like they, but they don't highlight. Imagine maybe for somebody who doesn't know how to manage it or understand it, where I could see that could very easily drive you crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, because well, and it does. How many? I, I, I don't know about you, but I know I've, I've run into quite a few people that actually, um, you know, 
that have, especially the people that would now, for me, would be probably in their 60s or 70s, even later, that era of generation, um, if people expressed, openly expressed when they were younger, that they could hear voices, automatically they were labeled as schizophrenic or, you know, um, yes. you know, had some type of disability, and they were sent off to institutions. Yeah, there was quite a stigma attached to yep. that. And, saying, and instead of trying to figure out what that meant, are they actually schizophrenic? I don't, you know, that yeah. there's a fine line there because there are some people that do, um, you know, that do have conditions, but at the same time, it's like, there are a lot of misdiagnosed folks, and it's very yes. easy to do that because um, they've been plagued since early childhood. And you know, yeah. a lot of times, usually the people that I've talked to saying, "I don't think you're crazy," and saying, "You know," and you start giving them some credence. Finally, somebody is you know recognizing for what it is, and it's not just. You know, don't talk about that. <laughs> you know, that's, no, 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 that's no. usually and, and people don't realize that's usually and, what it is. They, they're like, don't talk about it. That's usually what happens. When I asked you that thing about in childhood, I've spoken to a lot of people that said, yeah, I, I was having things happen to me since I was a kid. And when I talked to my family about it, they were like, shh, shh, you know, they be quiet. Don't talk about it. Because like you said, it carried a stigma. And sometimes the parents were doing it to protect the child because they didn't want their kid to be that kid. It's not like now yep. where everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. You, you know, you speak to dead people. And back then, you were like a, 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 like a hair's breadth away from being crazy. And the next thing from crazy is, like you said, ending up put away somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they used to have these big, you know. And by the way, I, contrary to what people think, the majority of people sometimes in these institutions needed to be there. But at the same time, they also would put their people that weren't really that didn't like what you said maybe they were just experiencing something that i want to say for lack of a better word scared a lot of people you right know? uh look clairvoyance or you know saying especially if you didn't know any better if you were young talking about grandpa or the neighbor next door coming into your room and having a conversation with you right <laughs> like oh. can you imagine can you imagine back in you know, maybe go back 70, 80 years and, 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 and giving, having a kid give evidential uh, information to their mom or dad and have them freak that, you know, freaking the heck out and going, yeah. oh my God, how did you know them? You know, grandpa died when you were, right. before you were even born and um, saying, do not talk about that or that's the devil. And, yeah. and because really we're only doing when we parent, you know, let's just be honest. When we parent, we're parenting how we know, like yes. we try to, we try to do things our own way, but really at the, since there's no book and no course, right. well, now there probably is, but the thing is, is yeah, right. But you know, we really parent how yes. we've learned through our parents right. and good, bad, and different. It doesn't matter. And the thing is, is that if that was something that was very, that was taught in the household or in the church or whatever, that yeah. you will believe this way and anything outside of that mm -hmm. is, is blasphemous. It's, yes. uh, it is, it is the, 
the work of the devil, whatever that is, um, you know, then, you know, that's, that's what we started to choose to believe. And then we carry on that belief and hand that down to our children. And, you know, the cycle continues unless something comes up against that to um, contradict that, right? And, and quite honestly, I would have been in the same boat, yeah. um, Marlene, you know, because I was brought up in a very traditional home. And, um, you know, even though I wasn't big on, you know, going to Sunday school every weekend, um, you know, my mom wanted to see me there every Sunday. And, yeah. you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, it wasn't, I didn't grow up in a spiritual home. Right. And and, and, and and people don't realize that some parents, you know, that love their kids, they want to protect them. And they say, what's my choice? Even like you said, you know, your kid's not lying because they've just told you something that you as a parent know there's absolutely no way my kid would know that. But what are my right. choices? Either shut them down now and protect them because I know that as a kid, you're innocent. You might start blabbing around this and then it's, yep. they're really going to get hurt. So as a parent, you shut them down because this is better for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, completely. Uh, yeah, that completely makes sense. And so, you know, and as a parent, we're doing the, you know, um, best we can with what we have. And, and so regardless of what, how somebody parents, that's, you know, not for, certainly not for me to judge. So, but the thing is, is that it just happens and it's, and it's a thing, but it's, but it's cool when, you know, I see people, um, when they especially reach out saying, hey, Dean, you know, I have, I have a five-year-old son or whatever, four-year-old daughter or whatever the case is, and um, they're seeing like one client saw bees in the closet, and there was no actual physical bees, but, you know, they were actually seeing um, bees manifest, which was weird, and saying, and, you know, different things. So it's like, um, or like, uh, feathers, you know, different spiritual signs or different manifestations right. um, for kids, and and kids are just super intuitive and and just so awesome when you get to talk to them on, you know, a spirit uh, talking about if they're open to talking about yes. some of that stuff. I mean, because it'll just completely blow your mind, and it's just like, whoa, you know, this kid is so so far forward and. Well, I, I, I've seen also, though, and, and again, I'm going to put, you know, you know, point at Hollywood. I, I've seen in lately some trends, Dean, that it's like sometimes I've seen parents try to make their kids sensitive or psychic or medium. And the child, you know, I think like, you know, like what, up to seven or eight, you don't have that filter there. So you kind of see right. things and say things and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. And some parents yep. want to make their kids like a psychic kid. And it's like, don't do right. that. I mean, the opposite. This is the opposite of shutting them down. You're right. trying to make right. your child into yep. something that that's yeah. They might be sensitive because of their age, but not yep. truly because that is their path. In other words, right, right, uh, right. But you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna get my kid. He's gonna be the the next kid, uh, whatever, psychic, uh, medium, you know, whatever, you know. And then we'll have a yeah. show, a reality show. Yeah. And it's like, don't, don't do that to your kid. That's, you know, like, you know, um, I, I guess my, my, my recommendation, I guess, Marlene, is that just allow it 
Yes. You know, for me personally, as a parent of two very sensitive kids, and you know, I got a daughter that's 12 and um, very talented. I mean, my daughter is extremely intuitive, uh, very sensitive kid, and a very talented medium, but it freaks her out, and that's not her deal. She no. does not like it. She will run away from it. And, you know, and so one of the things that I just learned was saying that, you know what, it's okay because I don't, because as a dad, one of the things that I'm like, if I can foster her intuition development when I'm not there, if she can use that for herself to discern between like who to date, where to live, all that, those life choices, then what better, what, you know, it's, uh, what better like superpower, right? And yes. so I just allow it to, we just, um, foster an environment saying whatever she chooses because we're all going to make our decisions based right. on whatever, right? And saying whether it's to continue their intuition development or not. And she's really taking a shine to like astrology and stuff. Right. So I'm like, hey, cool, you know, whatever. whatever it is. And saying, you know, hey, that's cool. I, I know nothing about it. And Let I'm like, but. And, and, and I'm going to. I'm going to say something. When you said about kids, I have three kids. All my kids are grown up. And this is like something that they're born with. Like my middle son, he never, you know, never liked masks. He never liked makeup. We would go to Disney. My older daughter, she would see Cinderella or one of these big characters. And she'd be like, oh, I want to get their autograph. My kid, he would spy them before they would see it. He would start crying. He would be like, ah! He never, later on, he would never, you can turn off the lights. And, 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 you know, and of course, like you said, you foster that openness. Yeah, yeah. And when he was like a little bit more, and I knew that he was seeing something. But the, the thing was that that scared him later on when he became a little bit like seven or eight. I would tell yep. Brandon, by the way, he always had to share a room with his younger brother. And even though they had twin beds, they would end up sleeping in the same beds. I said, Brandon, he goes, Mom. I had this man come into my room last night with a gun and he started talking to me. He had a, because you know, I usually had a couple of chairs in their room where they would. Sure. And he sat down and he started talking to me. And I was like, Brandon, he goes, but I didn't want to like, I didn't want to hear him. And he goes, and another time I had a little girl come into my room and I knew he wasn't talking about, you know, like I made this up. It was like, he didn't right. want to. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know? I don't, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want this. This. I mean, yeah. People don't realize that that psychic medium things for some people it's really scary when halloween came around oh my god i had to i could not dress anybody up in scary stuff i had to dress them up as ninjas like really very uh non-scary stuff because for him the masks the makeup you know all the stuff that you see in halloween for him was like a torture you sure born this way and and the, the reason i'm make, pointing that out for sometimes some parents that want to have their kids do the psychic it's you have to embrace it, I guess is my point. Yeah. You they, know? they have to want to. Yes. They have to want to do it because, you know, like even with my daughter, like, you know, I, I tried to, I knew that she was very gifted in that area in the mediumship. And I, and so I, so I tried to work with her a little bit when, you know, she was younger. And one of the things was, is that, uh, was interesting is that, um, you know, after she flipped that switch on, so to speak, she got freaked out when people just started showing up that she didn't know, right? And so I was like, well, that kind of happens. You got to learn how to work boundaries. And she was like, no, no, I want it shut off. 
right, <laughs> I was like, right, okay, yeah. and it's and it's okay. And I was like, it's going to be all right. And I respected that because guess what? That was her boundary. Mm-hmm. And she was asking to set that and yes. saying, that's okay because I don't want it to become something scary for her. Yes. And right. so, and that's, and I don't want it to be, because I'm like, it isn't scary. And I don't right. want it to be scary for you. And I would rather set that boundary for you and then allow you to develop it in your own way, in your own time versus saying, I don't even want anything to do with any of it and saying, so, you know, but yeah, I think that's a great point, Marlene, is that, you know, to allow, because, you know, kids over time will allow them, so don't push anything. That's my point. When it comes to that, you know, um, is saying, you know, if they're interested in it, they're going to do it. It's just like, you know, most, uh, we'll just use boys, for example, most boys on average, um, you don't have to encourage them or push them to play with, I don't know, cars, right? So yeah. usually for most, from on the average, yeah. they love to play, you know, um, so the thing is, is that, you know, just allow the natural progression of whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. If they if they start like, you know, uh, loving to do that, then great. Yeah, if not, good. then it'll develop in some way. But yeah, whatever uh, they whatever they're good with, uh, rather like you said, rather than it be a curse instead of a gift, because that could, if you yeah. Have it, let me ask you. You mentioned something that you have. You give classes. What, what is it that you teach? Is it so? Um, so I teach a few different courses. So I teach uh, mediumship, obviously. Okay. Um, and then, of course, uh, I teach uh, intuition classes. Okay. I call it uh, Intuition University because I believe everybody's intuitive. And, yes. and basically, I'm just opening or, op- or facilitating a space for everybody. And, um, and then also we do a big, um, what I call a 12-month um, spiritual development course. Okay. And basically where that is, Marlene, is where... Uh, my students, and we, you know, cover everything. So we talk about in-depth doing remote viewing. We talk about uh, mediumship. We talk about astral exercises as well, you know, and and intuition development, dowsing, different types of healing, where I bring in guest speakers. And so we're meeting, obviously, through... um, else with uh, students across the country and, and across the globe so um so but yeah so that's been really fun so, so this is, uh, where these are, we these do that classes are online right is what you're saying uh it's not something that i actually have online where you can sign up for it um mm-hmm. because it's usually like um data but if somebody's interested if sorry interested in a class they can certainly uh, reach out to me, okay. go through my website at themilitarymedium.com, and okay. they can uh, say, hey, I heard something about a class, okay. and uh, we can chat. Okay. Usually, it's kind of because it's, uh, I advertise and talk about it when it's when it's being given. So Okay, okay. I that, see what yep. you're saying. And you're still, mm-hmm. are, you're doing a, uh, do you have a weekly show? Uh, I do. So uh, it's been kind of fun. Uh, actually started 
Memorial Day of 2019, um, okay. where I have my own radio show here on 95.9 FM here locally mm -hmm. um, and uh, at KRFF. So, um, and so yeah, I'm at the, it's called the Red, White, and You radio show. Right. And if and you can actually, there's a Facebook site for it. And obviously, it's the Red, White, and You radio show. Right, I've and been showing a slide of it. Of the, I took it I off see side. that, and thank you. And But one of the things that people want to catch uh, episodes of that, where I bring all kinds of folks on. And, of course, the premise of the show is where I focus on uh, military veterans or families, um, okay. police, fire, EMS, first responders, and anybody that is doing great things uh, for those uh, organizations or individuals. So that is the uh, premise of that show. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. So, Tina, I want to thank you so much for sharing this time. It's been absolutely wonderful. You are so interesting. Okay. Uh, because you're, you seem like a very well grounded person, contrary sometimes to what people think of as like either psychic <laughs> or mediums that you're kind of a little bit like, mm, you know, I well, I do have some friends that are pretty flighty, so they're pretty. You know, or, 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 or what is kind of out there? <laughs> what is it that you love? The one that you called your 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 wife's uh, sense oh, of friend, voodoo the voodoo chick. Voodoo chick. <laughs> and, and I just want to preface that too. She doesn't do voodoo, and I, and, I she's know, been, like... and she went on to become a mentor and a friend as well. But yeah, that was. And I use that still today, Marlene, because that was very real language that I used yeah. way back when. And because, um, you know, just I, I think about those atypical guys and ladies out there yes. that would still probably use that same verbiage for me. It's that this voodoo dude, you know, he comes yeah. in and, yeah. you know, and that's okay. I, yeah. I'm all right with that. And, yes. you know, it's like, uh, but yeah, the voodoo chick, the voodoo chick, she's uh Part of my story forever. Yeah, and, and to me personally, I think that, uh, you know, for people that they, they kind of think that if you if you deal in the psychic or sensitive field, you're like not well grounded, and you obviously are very well grounded. Um, well, you. you know that, that that that's not necessarily because you're involved with that. Is like you're one of these people's like, you know, like one of these like, huh, yeah, man, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that 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 sometimes you know we need we need more of that. Uh, in the paranormal field, believe it or not, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that that uh, not everybody is, how can I say it, is um, that there's a seriousness. And, and I, how's this? Serious because of the nature of what it is, but not so serious. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, we're talking about dead people. Come on. Right. Yeah. Yep, let's say yep, hello. Right. Yep, yeah. Right. <laughs> It's you like, know, right? Yeah. It's, I always say, yeah, I don't make balloon animals for a living. So yeah, it's like, it's, so it's like, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, if you have somebody that's coming to you because they've lost a loved one, of course you're going to take it seriously. But then at the same time, you got to not let it bleed over into your personality or your personal life because then, you know, you're dealing with dead people. Hello. It's right, like, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, yep, that, there's so. that happy medium between one and the other. But again, uh, right. I, I'm going to have it in the credits of the show. But again, your website address is militarymedium.com. Yep, the militarymedium.com, correct? The yes. or military medium? The, the militarymedium.com. The militarymedium.com. Yep. Okay, folks. Again, thank you so much. It has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you again. And good luck on all your projects. By the way, you said something. Are you going to be writing a book? Or Well, it's been a love-hate relationship for <laughs> okay. a while now. But, yeah, I have been working on a book. Um, 
and uh, it's been kind of encouraging because um, been uh, you know featured in, other, in another book, some of my stories and stuff. But okay. so it's kind of fun to dabble in some of that stuff. But um, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. And obviously, we'll yes. uh, you know I'll be that? advertising that if if and when I uh, get to kicking that out, hopefully in the very near yes. future. Again, well, I, I look forward to it, and I hope you'll come back and you'll share some more stories with us. Absolutely, I, I look forward to it, Marlene. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Wow, he's really interesting. He's great. I really enjoyed speaking to him. So, what did you guys think, huh? Let me tell you something. I wasn't kidding. People like that, to me, they make they 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 give a good name to the psychic slash medium field. Because, I don't know. Once upon a time, yeah, you know that field was it was. There was a lot of people. It kind of got a bad reputation because, unfortunately, there was. I'm talking here maybe like around the turn of the century, you know. There's a lot of charlatans and there was a lot of people engaged in it. And, and I have my own theory that I said, even if you have that ability, but if you're making a living from it and you're feeding yourself, you're going to be psychic t all the time, which sometimes it's impossible. And then I think sometimes you had some real mediums that fell into uh, tricking people because if they didn't make that money, if they didn't have a continual flow of people, they, hey, I need to pay my rent. How's that? So I, I don't think all the ones that were busted were really necessarily false. It's just that they were trying to deliver on something where they never gave themselves downtime. Okay. Or like what he said, you know, he does these readings where he's picking up information in his head, whether it's symbols or uh, feelings or maybe you know, like what he was saying, what physically what people feel. Now, if you look at some of these accounts of these early mediums where they would have to produce ectoplasm, okay, or, you know, some of them had crap, you know, flying all over their heads and or, you know, or people coming out of a, the court, whatever. Back then, maybe you needed, you know, in other words, you were not going to be believed, okay, if you didn't produce something like a show, like, in other words, you could, yeah, maybe you could say, uh, I feel this. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. Like spiritualism took off a lot after the Civil War because, of course, there was a lot of people that had died. And, of course, the First World War, etc. Can you imagine you're one of these, uh, a family member that comes to a medium because you lost a son or a father or a husband, whatever. And the medium says, yes, I feel somebody's been shot. Like, hello, do you really think you're going to get believed? It's like, that, that would have been so generalized, even though there would have been accurate. In other words, the point I'm making is, back then, people maybe expected to see something material, not a medium saying, uh, you know, I have this pain in my chest or in my brain, uh, and I feel like a gunshot. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times when people lost loved ones in war and they knew that they were shot, they never really knew was this person shot in the back, in the arm, in the leg, in the head, uh, or there it was an explosion. You know, all they all they ever got 
if you know if they ever even got remains back was that the person had died at in war so now that you know of course fast forward 100 years now we have um it's more evidentiary in the sense of that it's okay to get validation with more personal information that that person that's asking about this usually comes through in a way that leaves no doubt this is who they want to speak to you know whether it's a piece of information or a pet name or a something that that other person would say you know there's no way this medium is going to have or know about this it's just there's just no way um and i wasn't kidding you know uh when he was saying oh you know this thing about you know uh not giving everybody a reading because maybe i might have a a past uh, somebody that's passed on wanted me to what if this person's not ready for it what if they don't want it for a lot of reasons maybe emotionally they're very distraught still and they're not ready for it or they might not have had the best relationship with that person and they still i mean uh you even have sometimes um things where you had a person that committed suicide and this person that maybe is a reading is still like might even be mad at this person that committed suicide you know like there's a process that people go through and they're at the, I'm really mad at you that you did this. Whether it's like because you you did it, you didn't come to me. I mean, a whole, and that person is not ready to hear. Then you would think, well, why wouldn't this person be ready to hear from a loved one, especially in the circumstances of a suicide? Sometimes the time is not right. So I really applaud Dean when he's saying this, you just don't do that, like contrary to what you see on shows. You just don't come up to people and assume that they are ready to get a message from a loved one uh, because, hey, the, loved, the, the dead person wants to talk to you. And sometimes the live person's not ready for it for a host of reasons. You know, you might even have a live person who is one of those that I talked about that doesn't believe in the hereafter. Who only believe or, or believes that that's it? You're here, and once you die, you're dead. Okay, you're pushing up daisies somewhere in your worm food, and there's there's no afterlife. There's nothing. Uh, your soul or your spirit. There's nothing. That's 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 not real. So, you come up to somebody like that, and by the way, this has nothing to do with that live person loving the person that passed on. Nothing. But they really do believe that. They really do believe that, hey, that's it. When you're alive, you're alive. And when you're dead, you're dead. And end of story. You come up to a person like that, that really believes this and tells them, I have a message from so-and-so. You think that some, some of these people are not ready for that. They might even get mad. They might even get mad at you with good reason. Because think about it. Even if a part of their mind is thinking, okay, how would this person know about so-and-so dying or whatever? If this person has built their worldview of their life, of spirituality, of the existence of the soul, as in not being there, uh, and here you come along, a stranger sometimes, and you're going to turn it on its head. 
In other words, you're going to give them this really quick paradigm shift of a personal nature, by the way. Just think about it. If you're one of these people that really believes that there is no afterlife, there is no survival of your soul, your spirit, your person, not necessarily you're a bad person, but you're just a good normal person, but you really don't believe in that heaven or hell because you're thinking that's it. When you're done, you're done. You know, whatever. All of a sudden, here comes this medium and they're going to give you a message. Just give this person a message from so-and-so. Huh? What? No, 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 no. I mean, and I'm just presenting uh, scenarios that could go south real quick for somebody that must give a message, must deliver a message. Again, contrary to what you see on some shows. Because some people, for a variety of reasons, and some of them are even selfish, by the way, are not ready for that. Okay. And, uh, you know, the... And, and he even spoke about it. He even... And I asked him, because that's what I'm... About people that die that don't believe in it. That don't believe in the hereafter. And then, there they are. And they're like, uh, what? how come I'm alive? But not really, because my body's dead. But I'm alive. Me, the me. What happened? I thought this didn't happen. This didn't exist. Now what? <laughs> Talk about confused. Yeah, there's a lot of spirits. And you know what? Not all the time. Sometimes this is just a transitional thing. Till maybe a loved one's the most appropriate person comes along and says, hey, come here, come over, come, come over here. We gotta have a talk. Come here. <laughs> Let's talk. You know, it leads them to where they're supposed to go. But then there's others, depending on their personality, who just get stuck. They kind of like, um, they, they get stuck. They don't want to believe it, but here they are. And they kind of like, you know, like this little loop. Of like, uh, here I am, but I'm not supposed to be here because I died, I think. But now, and, and they kind of like, and a lot of those sometimes turn into what we call ghosts. And then they just go back into what most human beings do, which is the familiar, as in the place I lived. Or if you were a workaholic, the place I worked at. Or, depends, sometimes going to people that you knew family, friends. Um, I've had, and I've described other instances where you'll have these people, you know, follow their bodies around because it's my body. I can't get back in it, but I, I, I need to stay by it somehow until I figure this out. This is like a bad dream. And they they follow their body around um, until it's buried. That is if there is a burial because, you know, now there's cremation. There's a lot of other options. But, yeah, a lot of these people end up being ghosts and very confused. And, you know, that's when hopefully you get a medium to kind of explain things to them. All right. In a way where, and, and that thing that we talked about where when you're dead you kind of do sometimes also what the living do is you only see what you want to see and for those of you i'm sure like just about everybody's ever seen that movie the sixth sense so i'm not going to worry about a spoiler alert because everybody knows what the ending is he even as a dead person 
is living this existence where he sees what he wants to see and which fits in with what his spirit thought it needed to do based on the way he died or because of what happened to the person that killed him. Okay. He wanted, in other words, he wanted to fix it. He wanted to make it right. But for him, in order to do that, he needed the surrounding imagery to fit into his narrative. So he only saw what he wanted to see. Okay. He didn't see uh, where his office was closed. He didn't realize that his wife really wasn't interacting with him. She missed him, but she really wasn't interacting directly with him. Uh, in other words, and it wasn't until the very end that he realizes, I am dead. And then he recaptures that moment when he lost his life because it's almost like he remembered everything about his existence, his past memories, until the point of that I got shot and I passed away. Again, because he had that urgency of, I need to make it right. I need to fix this. I need to, you know, I can't be dead because if I admit I'm dead, I'm powerless to correct that mistake that drove this person basically to the point that they came back and they tried to kill me because I I was stupid and I didn't listen to them even though that's what I was supposed to do. And, you know, all these things that go through people's mind and especially if you're responsible. So, I mean, that's the premise of that. That happens a lot, you know, as far as uh, some of these people that are deceased only seeing what they want to see. Uh, what he was talking about, this spirit, this ghost of this lady, this Polish lady who lived hundreds of years ago. Maybe not seeing that what, where she lived at or how or whatever was didn't exist. Maybe she was just going through the motions, which is why sometimes you have these ghosts that you see them go through doorways or upstairs or do, doing things of, of a structure that's no longer there. Because they're only seeing what they want to see. By the way, and, and he, I mean, he lives in uh, North Dakota, but, and I mean, in a, a lot of out there, they had a lot of Frontiers Town, Deadwood, all these places that, and some of them that kind of like boomed because it was mining and then they died. But there was a lot of stuff that went out there that was like way out there as far as uh, a very hard lifestyle is Frontier. It was the Dakota Frontier, the Dakota Territory. And a lot of stuff happened on the land out there, like what he was saying. And then, of course, fast forward, People living there sometimes have no idea that what what took place on that piece of land, and some of it was really it wasn't like, oh, you know, like nice country living. Sometimes it was a very difficult life, especially if it was a little town. Um, so yeah, that's why sometimes you'll get some really unusual things happening in certain places, especially if this occurred a lot. So yeah, that's that's way out there. But anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show. I love speaking to Dean. Um, maybe next time we come back, we can ask him more about uh, maybe connections with military personnel. Uh, as far as I, I imagine, he's there's got to be an affinity for him connecting with uh, the military, people that have uh, lost their lives, uh, you know, in the military, because. I imagine that maybe if you were in the military, you think this per this person, besides being a medium, besides being able to communicate with me, will understand. 
um, the mindset. Okay, uh, so we'll talk to him about that. But again, uh, the the link to his website will be on the credits of the show. But you heard him said themilitarymedium.com. So if you want to check out what's going on with him, again, uh, any classes, any events, if he finds puts out his book, which I will definitely stay on top of that, so he can come back if he does put the book out. So we can talk about that. And uh, again, guys, thank you so much. You're all wonderful. And I really do appreciate that you come back every week and uh, listen to the show. Take care. Bye-bye.